and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of November 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And this was a very, very strong week for the S&P 500, up 2.24%. Now, we've had bigger weekly gains even recently, but when you think about what drove the market higher this week, it was what has been the most important economic dynamic, inflation. And the CPI report, which came in earlier in the week, lighter than expected by about 0.1%, led to one of the most fantastic rallies we've had in quite some time. In fact, you look at the major indexes and you look at some of the other pockets of the market that have lagged so far in 2023, specifically small caps, and it was take your breath away type stuff. In fact, the Russell 2000 was up more than 5% on the day that CPI print came. And it's reflective of some exuberance in the market, I believe, and some pent-up buying that was waiting, anticipating, expecting some type of normalization of inflation that would, in theory, signal the Fed's need to pivot and or perhaps start to target some meaningful dovishness in their policy into 2024. Now, you can quibble with whether or not a 0.1% miss on CPI is enough to drive a whole index of small cap stocks more than 5% higher. But when you look at the week, not only was the S&P 500 up 2.24%, but all 11 gig sectors finished the the week higher. Staples eked out a 77 basis point gain. So the worst performer this week was up just 77 basis points. The best performer was real estate up 4.6%. Financials up 3.24%. And part of the reason I bring up the Russell 2000 is because 9% or so of the Russell 2000 is regional banks. 18% or so of the Russell 2000 value is regional banks. So you think about what's been dragging on regional banks, going back to the regional bank crisis, if you want to call it that, in the spring. It's this mismatch between what these companies have borrowed money at, what they've lent money at. The same holds true for these large diversified financial institutions that are in XLF. The difference, of course, is scale, diversification of business, and insulation somewhat from some of the deposit flea that we saw at some of the regional banks, and partly why you've seen that relative performance gap between XLF and the components within it versus something more regionalized or more focused on the banking industry, like say KBE or KRE. So to the extent that this week was the beginning of a rotation in the market remains to be seen. But just on a relative basis, you had XLK up 1.83%. So technology lagged the S&P 500 this week. Consumer discretionary up 3.56%, so it outperformed the market. And then communication services up 234 or 2.34%, so it's slightly outperformed. Then you look at some of the leaders beyond those, materials up 3.76%, industrials up 2.98%. As I mentioned, 
financials up big, real estate up big, but we also saw a bounce in utilities up 3.27%, a leveraged sector of the market, which in theory is punished by higher rates. And the idea of, or the possibility of, or even the dream of, lower interest rates or more dovish policy or even Fed cuts in 2024 should, in theory, be disproportionately beneficial to sectors with more leverage, i.e. utilities, i.e. financials, i.e. real estate. So the point here is that this was a week in which we saw one of the most dramatic rallies we've seen in quite some time in a single day on the back of that lower than expected CPI print. We also got some follow through as it relates to wholesale inflation. Headline PPI declined by half a percent and the core rose by just 0.1%. Headline PPI now running at less than 2% year over year. So the inflationary backdrop has changed dramatically over the course of the past couple of years. And we've talked about head fakes in terms of the decline in inflation the the reality is is and i don't want to spend too much time here at the open but when you look at some of the components of the inflation indicators and specifically of cpi you've got food and beverage which ran at 3.32% in october that was running at 6.57% in may housing still at 5.25% but down considerably from 6.8% back in may Apparel, 2.6%, running at 3.47% back in May. So you look at a number of these components, and they're still rising at a level that's higher than what we're targeting or what the Fed is targeting from a CPI headline core otherwise perspective. But the reality is, is that we have seen many of these components come in quite a bit and are trending in the right direction. And the market certainly liked it. So we didn't see a tremendous amount of action this week. 672 million shares or so traded across the select sector spider lineup. We did actually see some pretty significant creation activity in XLF. 22 million shares created in XLF alone. That's 770 million or so in net inflows for XLF, but it was 20 million shares created net across the select sector spider lineup. So remove XLF, all of a sudden you're 2 million or so shares out, but we saw 2 million shares created in XLC, 1.5 million shares created in XLV or healthcare. Flip side is we saw 4 million in redeems out of XLI and XLU and 1.3 million shares or so redeemed out of XLE and XLP. So not much action from a creation and redemption perspective outside of financials, which is, again, a story that is pretty common week to week on this podcast and when we go through this data. But the punchline here, when you add it all up, is just how dramatic that rally was off the back of that CPI miss. And perhaps more importantly, some of the follow through we saw in the other inflation data, which was PPI and how much the market liked that data in aggregate. Now, the sector in focus this week is XLRE. And the reason I want to focus on real estate is because we've heard so much about the refinancing that's going to be required on commercial real estate specifically in the coming years. Some have it pegged at a trillion, some have it pegged at two trillion. 
whatever the number is, it's big and it's relevant because commercial real estate ties to a lot of things economically. It ties to this overall transition we're seeing from the workforce away from in office five days a week to some sort of hybrid and or work from home that has implications for commercial real estate pricing and demand. It also ties to the stability and the revenue base of local municipalities. If valuations on property come down, property taxes in theory also come down, which means revenue comes down for municipalities. So the the fallout from this reconfiguration, repricing, normalization of commercial real estate has implications that stretch beyond simply stocks in the real estate sector, companies in the real estate sector, financial firms financing the properties that those companies own, it extends to other policy and public sector implications. Now, real estate's really interesting in the S&P 500 because when you look at XLRE, it isn't made up of a bunch of commercial real estate properties. I know we've talked about this before, but it's really dominated by towers and data centers. And you look at real estate, all of a sudden it's down less than 3% this year. If, if you just look at year-to-date performance, it's been second best performing sector behind technology over the course of the past month. Now, not the best time frame to measure these things, but just giving a feel for how it's woken up a little bit and how investors seem to be at the very least starting to reallocate to the segment in the public sphere, which, as we've talked about again previously, the idea that so much money is in these private real estate portfolios and the valuation between public and private remains so wide. Public trading in a discount to net asset value in aggregate, private typically trading at some premium or right around NAV is reflective of that gap. And when you talk to a lot of advisors who have private real estate portfolios, try and get a sense for what they're thinking about. I think there's a perspective on private real estate versus public that somehow it's different, somehow it's better positioned. And the reality is, is that I'm not in a position to go through the prospectus of a private real estate offering or a private real estate strategy. But I do know that when you look under the hood of XLRE, the companies within it are publicly traded. They report earnings on a quarterly basis like Microsoft, like Apple, and it's a segment of the market that has been unloved for quite some time. And historically, people do come to real estate for yield. People come to real estate for diversification. And with XLRE still down right around 3% year to date, there's other products in the category that investors have losses in. And so perhaps we're starting to see a drip of investment in the category, renewed interest in the category as we go into 2024, a year in which the market is pricing in numerous, not just one, but numerous rate cuts, which in theory will be beneficial from a financing perspective to sectors like real estate that are exposed to the challenges of refinancing into this marketplace. In addition to all of that, there's investors likely with losses in their real estate portfolios, at least publicly traded real estate portfolios, ETFs, mutual funds, et cetera, who may be looking to tax loss harvest into other products in the category, including, of course, XLRE. So with that, let's look ahead to next week. On the economic data front, we've got some pretty interesting economic data, even though it is a condensed week. LEIs on Monday, leading economic indicators are one of my favorite economic data points because it tells us quite a bit about different segments of the market. It is survey-based, so we get some feedback from actual companies and, of course, the conference board's 
standing has been a shallow recession in 2024. So we'll see, based on any changes in that data, whether or not they moved off of that stance. Consumer sentiment, always an important economic indicator at the consumer level. We'll get Fed minutes from their most recent meeting. We'll get existing home sales, and then we'll get S&P flash PMIs on Friday. On the earnings front, just 11 companies reporting. So 95 plus percent of the S&P 500 has already reported. But the one that I think the market's going to watch is NVIDIA because NVIDIA isn't a huge weighting in the S&P 500 and specifically in the tech sector XLK, but it is a company that has been responsible for a tremendous amount of the total return in the tech sector so far in 2023. And the performance of NVIDIA has been dramatic, and the earnings calls for NVIDIA have been dramatic. So the market will be watching that. We'll also hear from Lowe's as well as Deering companies. So some interesting companies, Lowe's coming on the back of Home Depot's print last week that the market didn't love. But all in all, we're going to get additional insight economically from the data, and we're going to get additional insight at the company level from some influential companies in the market, even if we don't have 50 or 60 companies reporting that this week. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. Before I go, I'd like to wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, to your family, to your friends, wherever you're spending it, whoever you're spending it with. And one thing I am thankful for is all the people who do listen to this podcast, reach out and tell me that they appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. As always, please visit sectorspiders.com for all things sectors, information, resources, content, earnings, everything in between. Thank you so much and take care.